What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Skate Church Movement Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Baker, and today our special guest is Travis Curry. What's going on, guys? All right, Travis. So if you wouldn't mind telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, um, what involvement you have in ministry. I know that I do ministry with you, but these guys who are listening might not. So uh, feel free to give us the rundown. For sure. So the ministry that I do outside of skate ministry mainly would deal with wakeboarding and surfing. And so me and my wife actually lead a surf ministry called Surf Church, which will actually like take a group of about eight people and go to the east coast of Florida, teach them how to surf, surf with people who have never surfed with us before, and we'll gather together, eat lunch, have a Bible study. And recently we just went on a surf retreat, which was a three-day camping experience where we surfed, had fellowship, had devos. But no, yeah, my, my heart for ministry... Definitely is in skate ministry, but I would say a lot more in surfing. Yeah, That's, you're like a. I'd say you're like a triple threat when it comes to board sports ministry or action sports ministry. You've got. I, I'm not, and that's not even counting the snowboarding. I know you snowboard too, so if we threw that in there, goodness gracious, man, you've got feet in every type of binding there is possible when it comes <laughs> to stuff. Um, but anyways, so you led one of our skate parks because uh, I, I do ministry with you frequently, and so you held up one of our uh, skate churches regarding the topic of who is Jesus. Um, when that was originally written by Richard Mulder, which is super cool. So for those of you who don't know or don't know, um, I think he had a part in old girl video from the 90s i think it was mouse that he was in super cool this guy is pretty much a living legend and he's a skateboarding professional had his name on professional models and is a believer like follower of christ is involved with the mess halls and all of that stuff so super rad when i was going through the skate church movement and saw a name like this and was like i've seen your video parts and i didn't know you were a christian back then so like now sure so super cool um, but anyways, that's where we are at in this topic, and I'm going to throw it over to you when asking the simple question that is very complex of who is Jesus? I think like a common response would be like, Jesus was just a wise teacher or mm. Jesus existed, but he was just ma- mainly a man. And if we look back in scripture and like look what the early followers of Christ like viewed him, they viewed him, they viewed him as God. They didn't just view him as this wise teacher. In John 20, 30 through 31, we have the account of John giving the purpose for why he wrote the gospel. And it says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Okay, that's a really good start to it, because honestly, what you said initially, saying that he's just a wise teacher, we even hear throughout scripture where they just refer to Jesus as rabbi, as a wise teacher, because that's a simple way to start it as, and so a lot of the time whenever we do think of Jesus or we ask other people what they view Jesus as, who they think he is, we get a lot of half answers to it, never really the complete thing, because people are scared to fully say that they know who Jesus is. Um, because they're not sure if they can trust the scripture, but if you've been following in this in this uh, series for the Skate Church Movement, we've already agreed. We've went over all of the aspects of scripture and how it is trustworthy. So if we are already agreeing on that, then there's so much more evidence that the scripture holds of who Jesus is and the accounts that, that he led that leads him more to than just being a simple human person of great wisdom. Yeah. I think it's interesting also... In verse 31, when it says, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. 
And a lot of people read like the term the son of God, and that's actually an Old Testament like reference. And a lot of people think, oh, he's like God's son. Well, yes and no. So the term son of God is actually a reference referring that stating that Jesus is God. And a lot of times within the scripture and within that time period of Judaism, we see throughout like the different scriptures where um, either the apostles or someone is referred to the son of like son of thunder or son of disobedience or something like mm, that. Yeah. And it's like just saying that like the, the term son of God is like saying Jesus is the product of what that is. You kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I definitely see that. That honestly makes me think um, of Bartimaeus. The guy that was blind and saw and saw uh, putting air quotes around saw because he couldn't really see he's blind. That's kind of his thing. But his name literally means son of the blind. And I didn't really put that connection in that you've just brought. So that makes sense. Now I was like, that's weird that his dad's name was blind. But now I'm kind of understanding what the what that name encompasses actually. That's an interesting point to bring up referring to his connection to God and that of him being more than just the son of God and being God. So that references to the Trinity, which we talked about a few weeks ago, but I would like to de delve more into that aspect of the Trinity, focusing on the aspect of Jesus in that, if you wouldn't mind. So yeah, within the aspect of Trinity, we see that the Father is God, Jesus is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. And going into how Jesus was God was he was fully God, carnated into flesh, into human existence. Um, in Colossians 2, 9, it says, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And when it, when it says him, it's referring to Jesus within the scripture. That reminds me of actually a point that Richard Mulder brought up uh, in his lesson. The main quote that I like focused in, like zoned in really hard on, was him saying, Jesus is God's perfect human expression of God's will, mind, and thoughts towards his, his creation. So like that helped me understand a little bit more of the I guess the embodiment of Jesus and his connection to him and how we are supposed to, I guess, view him in a way and, and seeing that if this is who Jesus is and this is how God created Jesus to be as his own viewing of us, help me understand where we are in connection to him because of Jesus' life and how he responded to the people that he encountered and mm -hmm. met, that that's really how God is viewing us in return. And so like that helped break down a lot of barriers for me because you look at Jesus, you see a man, you think of God, you think of this crazy, big, bearded individual on a throne of gold. And it's interesting because the Jewish people of that time, actually, their idea of who the Messiah was, was supposed to be this dude who came conquering like all the nations and just like rescuing Israel. I mean, that's what Jesus did, but not in the way that they were expecting. Okay, that and that's a huge a big like another big part of it is like the way Jesus or God whenever you think of the the prayers that we give to him and all the needs and wants that that we desire so much is that he'll often respond but rarely is it with what we want but it is every time with what we need. Absolutely. And so that I think is very big and fun and kind of funny honestly that that we had this this pre-existing idea of who God was going to be whenever he sent himself to save us and that it just goes over over our heads and he meets us with a new expectation, which honestly in this format is a lot more humbling, I think, mm. than it being some sort of conqueror or king to overthrow the rest of the people. It's one of us. It's it's him 
broken down to the core of humanity mm. and what humanity really is. Mm. So in going with that, um, I actually had a, an illustration. I, I hope you don't mind if I, I share with you that sure. that I shared with the the guys at our skate park when when going over this because I feel like we keep getting wrapped up in this idea when asking who Jesus is that it's a lot of subverting expectations and a lot of the time it's us thinking it's one thing but that either being a half truth and not the full truth or it's completely going against it. Super big in skateboarding is the idea of frontside and backside tricks. Whenever you're skating regular, you know a backside trick is going to be one where your uh, your like eyes are going going inward towards like your your back uh, back foot. I'll say is kind of hard to describe it without like just showing yeah. someone. But then like front side is completely opening up your chest in the direction that you're going. As soon as you put it in nollie, everything gets backwards, and then you'll have people who are fighting saying this is a nollie front side shove it, or and the other saying that this is a nollie backside shove it. So what I did to help uh, my skaters like understand, I didn't have my skateboard on me. I just jumped in the air and did a 180 in the direction of frontside. And I asked them, which way? Was that frontside or backside? All of them said, obviously, frontside. And I was like, okay, now what's, which one is this one? And I did the same exact motion with it, and I said, all right, what was that? A nollie backside 180 or nollie frontside 180? All of them then were like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. What did so you because, do? Yeah, because yeah, like half of them were like, well, obviously you did nollie frontside. But then the rest of them were like, but that's the way that I spin for nollie backside. And then I was like, see, a lot of the time we have this idea of it. Sure, it might make sense initially to say that that should be a nollie backside 180 because you're spinning like a fakey frontside 180. But that's not how it works exactly. Even if we think that it is right and you can try and prove it every way, that doesn't mean it's going to be right if there's already a full set truth to it. Hmm. And that's where we get tossed up. And so you can keep saying it as much as you want and try and look like it makes sense. But it doesn't because hmm. there is an absolute to it that we have to understand and eventually agree with if we're trying to see the truth for ourselves and see it and its full potential and capability. And so whenever we think of Jesus and all of the different titles that we give him, and oftentimes half-truths are just not the full picture whenever we're trying to understand him because he, he exceeds every idea we have of him, we need to understand and look further into who he is rather than to just making him these simplified titles of just being a teacher hmm. because he's more than just a teacher or him just being the son of God because he's more than the son of God. He also is God. So that kept coming up to me, and it's like really eye-opening that Jesus, whenever we're trying to answer this question of who he is, that answer is so much bigger than we can even try to put words to. For sure. I think once we realize that Jesus was actually God manifested in flesh, we then have like a open door and kind of like a magnifying glass into more of God's character, how he views things, how he loves people. Investigating that is so mind-blowing. Yeah. Okay. Following on that, do you actually have any um, specific insights to moments of jesus character in person when he was when he was walking the earth like some examples that would show god's view on his creation in that way i mean even going back to what richard Mulder said in the skate church movement devo of just like dude jesus got into situations of brokenness sickness anxiety depression hunger loneliness unforgiveness and suffering and jesus steps into those and brings healing to not only just like our physical bodies like yes he did miracles but like a deeper healing to like our spirit that we all need mm, yeah i think it's in every single telling of the gospel there's just different moments where there will be a story regarding the sickness of someone who's like physically ill and he comes in and shows and brings in that miracle of healing and then he'll go to other things that's not just the simple healing to someone who is depressed and downtrodden 
and they touch him and mm. immediate joy overwhelms them to the point where they're no longer crying tears of sorrow but tears of joy for actually witnessing in person the flesh of god mm. who jesus is is this manifestation of god himself showing his true divine nature and loving care mm. and divine nurture even into us and it, it really baffles me because of all of the pre-existing ideas that i have of a god is never one that is fully caring. I'm used to being told about this God being personified by fear. You should fear the wrath of God mm. instead of understanding the the loving aspect of it. The only thing that we should fear about God is to not have him. But instead, he gave us himself personally and physically. I think like adding on to that, another characteristic of Jesus was his mercy. When Jesus is about is about to be captured, one of his disciples goes up and cuts the ear off of one of the Roman soldiers. And Jesus is like, no, don't do that. Like, yeah. he told us to turn the other cheek. Just like the aspect of that gentleness and like forgiveness and mercy. Like there's no rage or wanting revenge or seeking that. But like the mercy that comes from that. And even looking into how Jesus died for our salvation and like the mm -hmm. mercy he had on us. Despite how many sins we've ever committed in our life and are going to. That's heavy, honestly. Once again, it's just a reminder that whenever we try to put God on a pedestal that, to think that we understand him, he sends us Jesus to subvert every single idea we have. We get wrapped up into, into thinking we know who God is, but he's trying to remind us and, and to keep us in check. And it's never him leaving us behind saying, all right, these guys don't get it. He keeps trying like to the point that he sent his physical self to try and show us this is how I feel about you. This is me caring for you in every aspect, no matter how many times that you've turned away or many how many times that you've allowed your brokenness to continue to shatter you. Hmm. Instead, he's saying, here, let me put you back together. Man, Jesus is awesome. Yeah. Jesus is awesome. This is a, a big question asking who is Jesus because I feel like we've got so many answers, but they just aren't enough. They really just aren't enough. So do you have anything else that you want to close in um, on this topic? Um, I think I just had one more question. Oh, get it. And so going off of the original question of who is Jesus, and even going back to like who is God, and some people might say God is love. What What's your take on that? On God is love? Yes. I think that I, I would agree with the statement that God is love, but then we get to the question of semantics of what is love then? Hmm. And that's where it starts to baffle me. Because love, a lot of the time, we can only see in a familial sense or romantic sense. Hmm. We always forget about the, the third and special one, if you guys were in Sunday school, the agape love. Yeah. That is God, um, which is hard for us to understand because you can only really see that type of love from God. Hmm. And so if you don't even know what that is, you're going to be trying to assign so many different things to who God is that's just not going to match. It's not the correct puzzle piece. Hmm. Just even thinking about um, when Jesus is asked, like, what are the two greatest commandments? And his response is, the love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And thinking about just like my personal walk and relationship with the Lord and how I'm called to love others. Why do I have to love others? And like, obviously, that's what the commandment is. But like, what is that? What does that show? What does that show to other people? Going back to the aspect of who God is and people are able to see God through us loving unconditionally like he does. Mm. Because 
that true agape love that you're talking about is unconditional. It doesn't make sense. It's not selfish. It's completely selfish. It's loving someone, not caring about anything other than that person. Loving that person, not the aspects that we would so in a human way try to define them. Loving them, the individual. So when answering the question of who is Jesus, dude, this is how God views humanity. That's Jesus. And how God views humanity is he views each and every single individual of his creation with that unconditional agape love that only he could truly give. And I guess it's our job to try and learn how to give that agape love to others. Absolutely. So thank you so much for having you here, Travis. Dude, Uh, dude, it was a truly, truly an honor to spend some time with you behind the mic. But anyways, if for all of you who are listening, if you're interested in starting your own skate churches, feel free to look at our website, skatechurchmovement.com. We've got a whole list of of how-tos, um, Q&As, things like that to help you get started. And we have this Devo series free for you to use as much as you want. Read it directly or make your own illustrations to apply to it. But anyways, it's been great talking to you, Travis, and it's been great talking to you guys. Until next time, keep pushing forward.